we see things and definitely, you know, different kind of models. Like, you know, for Disney Plus and like Andor, we still have weekly releases compared to like what Netflix, you know, the old, like now considering it's like the old style now is old style is now the uh, binge binge watching. Right. Uh, to compare to like weekly releases and everything. Which I, I, oh, and I'm I, totally convinced now weekly releases is way better. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Want to Talk Movies. My name is Andy. And I'm Andrew. How's it going, Andy? Going all right. Uh, we are in mid-October, and there's a couple things to talk about, so I'm excited. I actually caught up on like some stuff that I've been meaning to catch up on, which I'm excited about. Uh, but yeah, besides that, life has been kind of busy, just in general with work and outside stuff but yeah no complaints how about you how's life treating you doing pretty well catching up on not actually a lot of tv i mean th- the typical things we're going to talk about like the, you know she hulk and, yeah. and, and and everything um but the funny thing was is i realized i haven't had netflix in like months and then i i went to go check out and see if there's anything worthwhile on netflix and i don't, I don't even know if there is right now yeah, um, I've been so. Here's my thing. Like when I mean when I say I'm catching up, I'm 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 saying I'm catching up on things I've meant to watch a long time ago. Like for example, I've not watched House of Dragon, which is something that you and I were thinking about talking about, but I just haven't done that. But I caught up on like I was probably behind two weeks of Andor, and I caught up on that, and then we caught I like. I have an anime side that I like to keep up on, so I watched a lot of. I cut up on some of the animes that I wanted to catch up on, like my hero. Do you watch Chainsaw Man? What is this thing? I, this anime that's going nuts. I did see the first is episode of Chainsaw Man. It is on Hulu. Hulu. Oh, okay, maybe it's on Disney Plus here then. Maybe it's uh, it's pretty nutty um it's it's crazy uh very the, the, the guy with a chainsaw actually, for a head right it's chain not just the head um it's a very it's how do i say it? it's, it's a gory anime already just from the first 25 minutes that i saw it but it's but i like how the how the story's developing so i already like it was a strong intro so we'll see where they well they, you know where they're gonna go with this um so I, I would recommend it just from, from what I've watched. Um, and yeah, so I actually like got the first um, book from it just to kind of see, because I've wanted to see how it is to read like the first few chapters and see how they pull the episode. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But you feel like watching something gory and kind of demonic. Well, there you go. Um, it's pretty dope. I'm actually, I'm digging it. I'm trying to figure out what else I caught up on. Uh, it, I saw the Jujutsu Kaisen movie, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which is also a very fun movie. Uh, so kind of caught up on that, which I'm excited. So like this month was just like a lot of um, a lot of like it was just anime month for me too because just there, a lot of new animes came out. Like Chainsaw Man came out, the new season of My Hero came out, and a couple other things came out. But those are, and I think everyone's going crazy for like Bleach, but I'm not a I haven't really watched any bleach, but yeah, that's what's been uh, going on from from like what I've been catching up on. But what I did want to kind of I wanted to kind of break down. What we're gonna go through. We're gonna 
continue things that we've been watching and stuff, but we're going to do some announcements that we want to discuss. And then the main three things we want to talk about are She-Hulk Finale, uh, Werewolf by Night, and Andor. So that's what we got in store for, for today. Okay, but question, Andrew, question. Yeah. What would you... What, have you what current animes have you watched? I'm just curious. Pretty much only Dragon Ball Z. And then a little bit of Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> I'm like I the most like a... American uh person when I come to anime. It's just like I watched Dragon Ball Z when I was a kid and then I saw Dragon Ball Super as a thing. I think I watched like five episodes of it out of curiosity. And yep. then that was it. Oh my god, I think it's hilarious. Um I just know that when you and I were like, you know, during our like, I think grade school, we like both caught up with like stayed on top of like Dragon Ball Z. So yeah, we were deep into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and Pokemon, I think, but that was because of the trading card stuff. That was yeah. I guess Pokemon counts as an anime. I've watched a little bit of Pokemon. There's a new Pokemon game coming out next month, actually. And the thing about the Switch. Two, they get me every time. I've bought every Pokemon game on the Switch except Pokemon, like, Hey You Pikachu, whatever that one was. Yeah. And every yeah, time, like, I like them, but I just feel like they really could be much better. But they pump them out so quickly they're not. Like, I was really quite disappointed with Sword and Shield. And then I liked Arceus. I liked what they tried to do for Arceus. I think ultimately it's not a great game, but I, I really appreciate the preliminary effort put into that game for like a different gameplay mechanic, I guess. Right. And I'm really, I'm really hoping they combine some of the aspects from Arceus with traditional Pokemon games. And hopefully they just nail this one and make it actually worth the time. Yeah, you can you can call me a traditionalist, right? So it was RCS. It was cool at the beginning, but like after a long time of like just doing what felt like just a bunch of random side quests and reading through a bunch of random dialogue that I wasn't interested in, it just became oh very God, so much dialogue. Tedious. Yeah, and it wasn't even like talking, which is kind of weird voice sound effects or whatever, but like a lot of text to read, you know. But it's like yeah. Okay, I know they're trying to explain the lore, have a good story, but like I'm not in it for like I'm in it for like the Pokemon and like as fucked up as it is, because the concept of like Pokemon is having animals like fight each other, which is kind of you know, kind of messed up, but still I enjoy it. It's weird. It's kind of fucked up. But like it has the thing that I really enjoy, which is like the tournament arcs, you know, um, which are with Pokemon, right? training them kind of you know getting together and and whatnot and then kind of taking down badges so i kind of miss that so like if they did like an rcs thing was like going to different towns in an open world right uh and catch and you know being able to catch pokemon and, and whatever and do minimum you know some kind of side quest in between there and then like that'd be cool like that's a simple straightforward game that i would that i think would be cool so i'm hoping that's his next game will be kind of like that. I may or may not get it because RC has kind of like let me down. Um, yeah, I know so, that's the thing. And I, I even got like I got the new Pokemon Snap game. That one was fine. I remember I have better memories from the N64 one, but I was also a kid. And then but, I even have Pokemon Tournament. So it's like I got a lot of Pokemon. Oh games. yeah, yeah. We played that. Pokemon Tournament is legit my fun. Ass. It well, is you fun. Need people, you need my ass. You need yeah. You need people to actually. It's like, you know, it's like any fighting game. You need other people who want to play with you and stuff to really get into it. And I never, 
I never really had, it's not like Smash, like, you know, Smash was different. I know a lot of people who like to play Smash. I would play Smash online and I was good. So Pokemon Tournament was still tough. I should probably pop that in sometime, but I don't know. I have a feeling I will end up buying this Pokemon game by the end of the year. Well, I will, I'll be be curious to see what uh, your thoughts are on it. And I'll go off of your recommendation whether or not I should get it. Um, Because I know I have a couple, for video games, it's been kind of a dry spell for me. So I'm not going to get any, like, I mean, the next hype game is freaking Ragnarok, God of War, but I'm not really as hyped as some people, you know. What about that Batman game? Isn't that come out soon? I think that's next year. That's next year. Um, I think, like, Mm -hmm. the Suicide Squad and the Batman Gotham Knights are next year. Uh, for some reason, I thought yeah. Gotham Knights was sooner. I've seen all these like things online. Was like the final, um, what does it say? Like final, final playthrough or final whatever. I don't know. It seemed like they were just like giving people demos, final demo. So I thought it was right. like this year. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, no. I think December is the next game that I want to get, which is Crisis Core, because I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy VII. So, yeah. Yeah. Um we'll go from we'll go from there. But let's get into our announcements um and whatnot. Uh so to start off, obviously the Marvel kinda had some delays, so I'm gonna let you kind of run that. Yeah, so there were four delays. Yeah, four. Okay, there are four delays. Most of it seems like it was predicated from the fact that Blade has had a more tumultuous, I guess, initiation of filming than they would have liked. That was effectively delayed <laughs> an entire year. So they dropped the the director was dropped or he left on some. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it was amicable or not, but so he left. Supposedly, Mahersha it's Mahersha Ali, right? That's his name. Yeah, Mahersha Ali. Mm-hmm. supposedly he's like was dissatisfied with the script and i don't know they were having difficulties finding some kind of creative direction that probably kevin and by kevin we're talking about the robot um yeah yeah, yeah. definitely the robot version of kevin probably <laughs> kevin the director and mahersha ali like kind of all agreed on is what it sounded like so he left and then they pushed it back a full year um to september 2024 and then because of that, some other changes occurred. Deadpool got pushed back a month, which probably doesn't really matter. Fantastic Four got pushed back three months. Still not the worst thing. So that's that's now in February 2025. That's not so bad. Three months is not bad. Three months is nothing. Yeah, it just kind of sucks that, like, I really I wanted... Blake that, worse. I, wanted, I was really I, excited I, to yeah. see Mahershala Ali. Yeah, no, that's true. I just... And I get it, you know what I mean? Like, I think... Blade slash Mahershali should challenge Kevin Robot. Not to say that Kevin doesn't know what he what you know what it's doing, but I definitely know that like maybe he's trying to kind of push away from like your basic superhero stuff, right? To make it more I guess more interesting. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, like for you know, like I think like any kind of making up marvel movies right we have the uh the guidelines that kevin feige will set for each director slash script writers and so who knows what was 
delivered and what was given, you know, and it does make it a little yeah. challenging when you're like, you need to fit these things in, you know, because I think James yeah, that's Gunn, what I was thinking. So that's yeah. tough. But and then, and then the last yeah. one is so Avengers Secret Wars was delayed six months. So now there's a full year between Kang Dynasty, which is May 2025, and Secret Wars, which is May 2026. So now it's much closer to Endgame and and um, Infinity War had a year, right? Yeah. Exactly. They had one year exactly. I mean, the, the, when it originally had six months, I was really surprised they did that. I was like, damn, those movies are so close together. Um, what's, so what's, like, in between, what's in between those two? There is uh, nothing. Between... Well, there's an un, there's an untitled movie. They have a slot for November 2025. Uh, damn, um, okay. So it's unannounced. I mean, it, it's, not the, it's not the worst thing in the world. The thing that I'm interested in, I would wonder if it's because... There are story connections with Blade, which is possible, but I'm thinking a little less likely. I kind of think it's more of like a resource allocation thing. Like they have certain resources for the movies and they probably have people who just like work on these movies back to back. Like, okay, once your job with Captain America New World Order is done, like you're directly going on to the next one, right? I imagine these people probably have contracts that work like that, like multi-movie deals. Since since they have such a large slate of movies, so I wonder if it's like a if it's more of a resource thing than like kind of a story connection thing. Because because my thing with Blade is, I it seemed like Blade was going to be kind of largely kept potentially to um, whatever the Midnight is it the Midnight Society, Sons of Midnight, whatever that group is that it looked like they were they were building up in the UK with um, Black Knight. Moon Knight and, Moon, and Moon Knight, Blade. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some direct consequences for Avengers that Blade will 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 have. But who knows? Yeah, we'll see what what uh, what happens. I mean, I mean, yeah, the delay it sucks here, but I'll be I'll be excited to to see what they bring. And it'd be kind of cool to see like a team up, uh, like you said, with the Midnight Suns and all that kind of deal. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to bring up um, kind of like the platform stuff. So we have both Disney and Netflix changing, adding in the ad features uh, into uh, their platforms. Uh, I got an email from Disney uh, Plus, I think like a month ago. Saying like we're going to increase the price from seven ninety nine to like ten ninety nine for like no ads, uh, and then the seven ninety nine is gonna be Disney Plus with ads, um, and which kind of sucks. And then Netflix is going to also do they're gonna try out their ad feature, which is going to be I think it's gonna be starting at six ninety nine with ads. And then right now it's a full like twenty bucks a month for um for Netflix. Really, it's twenty bucks and with no ads. Yeah, with no ads. Damn, Netflix has got to cut yeah. down their internal costs. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think what they got to do is like they got to. I feel like they should take like a note from like one HBO like movie or prime television stuff to and like also uh app, you know Apple. TV because Apple TV has yeah. some good stuff on it. Uh, I think I forgot what the record was, but someone to I think someone um, someone I follow uh, who is also who's a probably my inspiration for podcasting uh, from like the slash filmcast or whatever um, 
but slash filmcast and then i follow a guy named dave uh, chensky and he put up a tweet stating that like netflix had like probably the most productions or most releases of stuff uh, compared to out of all the platforms and of course he's like well he they had all these releases but how many of them were good right so it's one of those things where like i think netflix needs to definitely review like their the quality of the the product that they're providing especially at a 20 dollar cost but a month well, I mean, I-, I would say so 20 bucks is still an incredible deal technically but relative sure. to competitors that's the issue right relative to your competition it's not such an incredible deal yeah so yeah it's it's and like it's interesting because i mean netflix was definitely much much more chill with the fans and everything right like to, or to their audience that they were you know giving stuff to but like i think they were starting to um what's it called they were um they were giving like i think they were like researching who's sharing passwords and so like they kind of started shaming people for sharing password which i thought was, i don't think that was cool you know so well, it's but, built into the system like if they're gonna get mad at it you have to change it like it's built into the system and like that i think that's silly i think it's like um it reminds me of like uh comics people get mad at sometimes like people who read comics or like people who work in the industry will get mad at people for trade waiting which means you wait for the the collected editions and you don't buy the issues and i understand it they'll be like oh if you don't if no one buys the the issues the trade will never come out in the first place but then at the same time, I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, don't get fucking mad at me. If you don't want me buying trades, like, don't don't make it an option. Like, I'm the customer. I'll like, I'm gonna buy what you what you provide me with the options for. So like, don't shame me for this. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want me going this route, like, I would suggest you don't sell it to people. And it's like the same with the password thing. Like, if they don't want people password sharing then you have to create systems that pr- physically prevent people from using it. But uh, until you do it, it's just like, dude, don't get you, you know. There's there's no reason to get mad at anyone for it because your system allows you to do it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. My I, my other thought was um shoot I had a thought and then went <laughs> went away again. Uh, goldfish brain over here, but uh, it's just I, I don't know like I and I agree with that. it's just kind of you know I think it's like also we just became accustomed right to like no ads or anything like that so it's just definitely like a new a new shift in like the ways that like we see things and definitely you know different kind of models like you know for disney plus and like andor we still have weekly releases compared to like what netflix you know the old, like now considering it's like the old style now is old style is now the uh binge binge watching right uh to compare it to like weekly releases and everything Which I, I, oh, no. i'm totally convinced now weekly releases is way better like I'm, <laughs> no, well, I'm, yeah. I'm complete you know I, the only thing that i do like i like you know when the season premieres i like the one or two episodes because it just feels like a treat you know you get a little yeah. more at the beginning i like that yep. Um, yep, yep but otherwise it's just like you dump it all at once and it's just it's not as it, it you can't trust the viewer it's one of these scenarios where like the viewer tells you, like the consumer tells you what they want, but it actually, I think, more likely dampens their experience most of the yeah. time. 
it, it makes you value that weekly release or that that you know what that project more, right? Yes. Uh, to to dissect it more, like I, that's kind of why my favorite experience, you know, for weekly releases was Game of Thrones, especially when like it was at its peak, right? Like you had that conversation for a whole week of like, oh, what happened in this, you know, to this person, this and that, like all the drama. And it was just a fun discussion to see through like social media and like with your friends and everything. And then all of a sudden, like you'd have like a watch party for for that Sunday. And then again, but you had that whole week and, you know, but like there's some t- times where like I rather have a nice little bulk, right? Come, you know, for like kind of like you said, I'm a fan of paper trades for comics, right? I like to like have like a, they're nicer to hold on to. They're together and everything. Uh and I kind of also like that for like animes, right? Where they're like twenty, they're like twenty minutes, so like maybe like two or three episodes in a bunch is kind of nice, you know. So yeah, I'm just you know knowing me, I do like I hate having ads, and so I know I'm gonna end up paying like the extra couple bucks for Atlas, you know, oh, yeah, for ads. Cause I just yeah. So I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not doing ads unless like the price disparity is huge, like. I, Right. Go for the ad-free one. Um. So yeah. So we'll see what uh what happens with that. Now here's what I the last announcement I want to talk to you about, which I'm probably the most excited announcement that I want to talk to you about, just because I know it's gonna get under your skin. Uh, but we have a uh, we next week is the uh, the Black Adam release, and. Of course, The Rock has this humongous star power. So I'm just kidding. He's been like, hint, now Now he's like pushing hard to like advertise his movie and everything. And he like, one of the last interviews he had, he was like, all right, I can't hold it in. But, you know, Black Adam is the most powerful, most powerful, you know, person or, you know, in the planet. Uh, you know, only the only person that can like take him on is someone who is not from the planet, who's not from the planet. Uh, which could only hint to like one person, right? Batman. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's so annoying. I, I just don't. I mean, like, I he's definitely doing this intentionally just to try to hype the movie and get more people to come out because there's supposedly oh, going to be a Henry Cavill cameo, which is annoying. I will. I I really would have liked to have been surprised if there is going to be a Henry Cavill cameo. Why? Um, so I'm not. So isn't that what you wanted, though? I I would have preferred to be surprised by the said cameo. <sighs> right. Because I really, and even now, there's still most of me that is pretty convinced that like Henry Cavill's time as Superman is done. And maybe they're even just recasting Superman, but supposedly The Rock really wanted Henry Cavill to come back. And um, if there's one guy was that was that much influence and star power. It is The Rock. Well, it's Wayne also like Johnson, The Rock. Warner Brothers still doesn't really know how to do an expanded universe in the first place. Like that is well interconnected. So I mean, The Rock. I mean, like they're they're probably willing to give him a lot more. I would assume like creative control over this because like what do they, I mean like what do they? They they've effectively failed at this, right? They've been trying to do this for like ten years, and most of most of it hasn't stuck. They have this like loose continuity that like pseudo exists, but doesn't really exist. 
Ezra Miller is proceeding to to ruin everything. <laughs> I still am not convinced that movie will come out in the theaters. I, like, I, mean, I don't want to make a bet with you so bad. I, I guarantee I'd it's going to come out like, in theaters. Just, like, he, he, he can't do press for that movie. And I don't know who you're gonna do. Who's doing press for that movie? You have Michael Keaton out there, like trying to push the movie. Maybe that helps, but like, um, I don't know. And it's far enough away from the Spider-Man thing that, like, the funny thing is, is they were planning this longer, so you're like, oh, it's like Spider-Man, but with 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 Batman, kind of. And yeah, I know the movie's called The Flash. So I don't know. Anyway, I I I think they've probably given The Rock like an immense amount of creative control over this. And if all things go well financially he will maintain probably a good amount of creative control to kind of spin out uh, movies that are somehow interconnected. Like, presumably you do... I mean, like, I don't know how it would work, though, either, because, like, Black Adam's an anti-hero, I guess, but, like, it's just funny. The way they fucked this up so hard, like, they're going to have Black Adam now maybe at the center of, of, of their universe because they, they, they fucked up Batman, they fucked up Superman. They did okay with Wonder Woman, but she was never positioned as the person holding the team together. Yeah. And now somehow you have Black Adam who's going to be at the center of all this, possibly. So do you think, I mean, do you think Black Adam's character was, with the, you know, Dwayne Johnson being the, the actor who plays him and, like, the creative control or whatever power that he has, do you think that he will become, like, the center, now, the new centerpiece of... The, the DCU, right? Like the, I think you know. if, if The Rock is the one who has the creative control, he's going to be the actor, right? Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense for him to, like, pivot. Unless he was, like, interested in, like, pivoting to, like, some kind of producer role through Warner Brothers. I think Brothers. he'll be a producer role, but, like, I also just feel like, because he'll, he'll center it around him, but it would, like you said, it would just not make any sense if he, like, let's say, like, oh, he's going to, like, be... The Justice League, right? I'd rather have Black Adam's character be someone who comes in and says, I'll, I'll help you because I have to, right? And I still don't like you kind of deal. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, like, if The Rock is going to have a lot of creative control, I would presume he's going to have a lot of acting roles, right? And it's kind of he, hard. He could have I don't Batman. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know how it would work. Because I, I agree, too. I think it would be really strange to have Black Adam as the center of it, but I also think it would be strange to have the rock as like guiding creative insight into this if he's not predominantly acting in it throughout but i have no idea here here's here here's my thought that that just came to me right i feel like let's say in the scenario they bring back superman aka henry cowell right to be to come back as superman and like him be him be the one to start the Justice League or whatever, or rebirth the Justice League, and hopefully we we'll get either Ben Affleck back or get a new Batman, whoever is going to be the new Batman, you know, Gal Gadot, all those people, right, back or whatever to refix the the DC stuff, right? But I would see Black Adam being a good like a good challenging character morally for Superman. So I could see it work that way. Kind of like how, uh, like it reminds me of a uh, daredevil and Punisher, right? They're both fight for like the greater good, but the Punisher is like, yeah, I'm going to kill because, you know, fuck the trash people that like, you know, are murderers and like make the world a worse place rather than like daredevil saying, well, no people do their second chance and they can, you know, can be rehabilitated, all that kind of deal. So I feel like 
I would kind of enjoy that kind of um kind of battle back and forth between Black Adam and Superman. So we'll see. And and then presumably there's gonna be a Shazam and Black Adam showdown, because I don't know why you wouldn't do that, but we'll see. I'm really worried about the movie. I think I will enjoy it. I really have this big concern that it's just going to be The Rock in a suit. And I think this is the one scenario where The Rock is stepping into a role that has, like, a lot of potential preconceived personality traits that will make it more apparent that that's his style of acting. Yep. Um, So let's see. But Black Adam is not like, you know, he's more of a blank slate than most characters. True. I mean, I don't I don't know if there's anyone who's really eyes like because this is the reason why everyone always gets mad about this stuff, because they have like a vision of what the character should be in their head because there's yeah. so many different versions of those characters. And then when they see it in live action and it doesn't add up to the version they thought of, it's, they get they, they get annoyed. Right. It's like with Aquaman. Everyone's like, that's not the version of Aquaman I would have imagined. That's annoying. It's much harder to do that with Black Adam because it's just like he has been in less less comic books over time. He hasn't had nearly as much character development as the main Justice Leaguers. So we'll see. I, I hope I'm wrong on that front and that there is a bit more Black Adam than I'm anticipating. Well, I mean, like you said, my first impression of Black Adam, I thought he was a villain, you know, uh, who just caused trouble for the heroes who were trying to fight for the greater good or whatever. So, I don't know. And this, I mean, like you said, it's a blank, it's a blank slate. I have no real like emotional attachment to Black Adam. I like The Rock, so we'll see what he brings. But I think I'm also kind of have the same kind of a, the same kind of worries that you do when it comes to like, well, are we just gonna see The Rock or you know Dwayne Johnson being being a Dwayne Johnson in a superhero role, you know, so, which is something that I probably think might happen, you know, so. Yeah, and you know there's only one way to find out, and we will find out next week. Yep. Okay, we'll find out next week, Andy. Okay, moving on to the next thing. <laughs> All right, let's do the the She-Hulk finale. We had two episodes left from the last time we talked. Uh, why did we do only one episode left? I think we had two, right? There were two. There were two, I think. I mean, and predominantly what we wanted to talk about was just like the Daredevil cameo and how that played out and the stuff. And then just like the finale and how different the finale was and, and kind of what you thought. Yeah, I. I don't know. I just I just love seeing uh, Charlie Cox back as Daredevil. And I think he still is such a great character. I think I just yeah, I just love seeing him. I. Uh, I love the fact that they gave him a Shima walk, you know, in this in the episode eight, episode eight. So, and of course, yeah, I think it was funny too. Was great. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I think I think it's a. I mean, like, you know, I think it's a real compliment to Charlie Cox that actually that he can play the character in a little more lighthearted tone, and it it feels similar and it's still enjoyable. Um, I thought it was super funny when he walked in as a lawyer, right? And he said that joke about I couldn't I couldn't find my car or whatever, and he's like, I'm just kidding. Yep. Um, yep. And it, you know, it's I like it. It felt similar, but a little more lighthearted. And like Daredevil's been lighthearted. I mean, like Mark Wade very famously made Daredevil lighthearted recently in the last like six years. So it can happen. And then I'm who knows how dark it 
maybe goes back to when they when they do Born Again. I'm not exactly sure. But I, I I appreciate the fact that they can just put characters in different contexts and just the audience will deal with it. I, I it feels very comic booky to me. Like I doubt we'll ever see Wong in this exact kind of goofy tone again. Maybe maybe he will be in a goofy tone again, but the next time we see him in a Doctor Strange movie, I think it'll be much more serious. And I appreciate the fact that they can kind of pull them and, and make them fit the story that's going on at hand. And She-Hulk is just like, it's a lighter story. So I think, you know, he was really funny. I like the thing that he's like, I said, I'm Daredevil and no one shouldn't know who he was. It's kind of like a funny meta, meta commentary because you wonder, it's like, it, they're not really apparent on whether or not he his Netflix show exists or not. Like, so you don't really know. It could be now part of the multiverse. It could have happened. Maybe it didn't happen. Who knows? But they didn't acknowledge or disregard it. Yeah. I, like, I'm with you. Like, I love seeing Wong. And, I, and like, we got a little bit of, like, the fun side of Wong uh, from Shang-Chi, right? Just I love the post-credit scene where they take him to do karaoke. Like, now I want to do karaoke with Wong, you know? So <laughs> I do appreciate the... The like the I do appreciate the lightheartedness, right? Because and and I and yeah, I get why, yeah, and I get why Wong has to to be the straight man when it comes to to Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange keeps with this fucking arrogance, you know, keeps being a child sometimes, and he has to be the the adult. Like you know, even going so. on a, a, on a bit of a tangent, I actually think <laughs> if they wanted to, they could make a Punisher crossover into Spider Man with with the same actors. I think. Yeah, could totally do that. And there have been some interesting Punisher comics with Spider-Man crossing crossing into them. And like they have really strong, even more so than Daredevil, because Daredevil is quite brutal. He'll beat people up and stuff. Right. But they have even more strong uh, moral conflicts in the way that they solve problems and the way they approach superheroics. And I think you yeah. could do that with John Burtonall. And like you really could like he had some scenarios where he was a little toned down because of who he was around. Like he was around a child or. Or, or someone he thought was more sensitive to, to seeing his acts of violence. Um, and I think the MCU works that way. And I hope they start, I hope they, they're not afraid to lean into it more because I think it works. Um, so with, with this Daredevil, I, I think it was super funny. Plus all the funny jokes about like uh, She-Hulk smashing Daredevil, all the sex jokes, those are hilarious. Yeah, I I, I love it. I thought it was, it's great. I, I just think like, that's the one thing I feel like the one thing my overall take with She-Hulk is that it is fun. It is a sitcom. I think it did what it was supposed to do. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, I know some people like were like, "Well, this all feels like filler. We're wasting time." Or whatever. I'm like, no, like it was just literally no, it's, a story it's a about. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't. Just, see, this is the thing. If you come in thinking there has to be some grand plan that's going to connect to the multiverse, or there has to be some kind of like epic fight showdown between like a cameoed character or, or something like if you come in with those preconceived notions which i get it marvel has a tendency of repeating those things so it makes people expect them but again i mean i think from the first episode it was pretty obvious this was different and that it was closer to a sitcom than anything they've ever done yeah which i thought was kind of which i mean and that's the thing like i liked that it was lighthearted and i and i did and I enjoy Jen's character. The finale, like even the end of that episode with Daredevil, like from the finale and the beginning of that of the last episode, like I was just I was honestly upset because of how much they were screwing over 
Jen, you know, She-Hulk and how, how... Oh, like before they did the the fourth wall break, you're like, oh, this is really weird? Yeah, it was, I thought, like, it was just, she was just getting screwed over, over and over and over, and I'm like, this is fucking unfair, and, like, it's just, it was just, you know, I was just, it got me emotional, I'm like, god damn it, like, it just sucks to see it, and, like, it was just kind of funny, like, once it went full meta, because it gave, it was leading to what everyone expected was going to be, like, when it came to, like, the last final, you know, like, a big brawl, yeah, you had Abomination was there, you, and then you had Hulk, I don't know, where come, in, come back to, like, and then you had Daredevil also, like, just pop in to help, right? Uh, and it was just hilarious that, like, when she broke, you know, broke the first wall, she's like, okay, let's, 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 let's think about this real quick. Uh, and I honestly, like, when it got to like the UA or the 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 Disney Plus thing, if you punch yourself out of it, I just it just I liked how bonkers it went. I just it was the right yeah, amount I of ridiculous for me. No, I think they went all so. into it, and I think actually I give the writers a lot of credit. I think they at the time when they were writing this, they must have been really really worried that like the audience wouldn't re- be reacting in certain ways. Yeah. And the way they wrote this show is very, it seems like they were really trying to predict how will the audience react to certain things. They're like, write something, how will the audience react to that, and then we'll write the other thing. And I actually, I mean, I, I think all things considered, they, they, they did a really good job. And they must have had, like, a lot of doubt in the writer's room being like, oh, fuck, like, if the audience doesn't react in the right way to this, like, the next episode is going to totally fall flat. Or, like, the next bit is not going to work. And I yeah. think they largely succeeded. So, I, yeah, they had fun with it. I think I loved seeing her go into the office. And then we finally get to meet the real Kevin. The real Kevin. Clearly uh, the real Kevin. The, did you have the, the subtitles on and get it ruined, too? Because I did. I, I did, too. But you know what? I, I still had fun with it. That's my only uh, complaint. They should have just put Kevin as a, as a regular word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was fine. I mean, they still break it down for you too, though. Like the whole like knowledge. I forgot the knowledge something AI thing that they had, but it was still fun. I thought it was like, cause again, like it was you know. It, I think they called it out too that all this all these Marvel projects started feeling formulaic, and of course it came from an AI who knew the who cracked the code or like who would come up with the algorithm of these things. Um, yeah. There's so. a lot of fun. I mean, like they, they really poking fun at themselves and I give them credit for that. Like they said this joke yeah. about how like all of them are good. Some are better. That's like how we always describe. I always say that I, I, I frequently said that, like, yeah. I don't think any of them are yeah, bad. Yeah. Right. Some of them are not. So some of them are, yeah, some of them are less good. Like Thor two looking at you, uh, <laughs> Iron Man two, <laughs> You know, like some of them just aren't that enjoyable and you don't revisit them as frequently. But it's like. Which one? I shouldn't say anything about Captain America. All all three Captain Americas are good. If anything, the third one's a little shaky, but the first two are great. I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling. I just just know about you, but but you love the Captain America movies. But I mean, like, I give them credit for that, right? They trolled themselves. That's good. Good on them for yeah. being able to take the joke and make fun of themselves. And, you know, I thought that Kevin was funny. They made the little thing about the X-Men. That was funny. Oh, yeah. She's like an X-Men. And then, like, if you notice, did you see the robot had, like, a like a hat thing on it? Just to kind of look like yeah, Kevin, Kevin Feige. Yeah, because Kevin Feige always, yeah. Feige always wears a hat. Uh, I just And the thing is that, like, I just, my favorite thing is that I think they kind of knew 
that is the last thing I'll say about this, but it's my favorite thing that I think the, the that the writers were very smart because they think I feel like they kind of sense how the audience will respond, especially like the like you know like the gatekeepers and the the dumb men who are like you're like oh we can't have like a you know like a female version of Hulk or like this is just dumb because it's you know whatever the reasons were but I just think it's so funny that they were called out a lot in this so I'll give them credit for that yeah. Yeah, I think it was funny. I, I I applaud their effort for trying something different. I like that. You know, it's it's. I mean, I think it landed better. I would say like I always applaud Christopher Nolan for trying weird shit, even when it doesn't land. Yeah. Tenet. He good good for him. He tried. Like I still don't understand that fucking movie, but I appreciate the fact that he was like doing something weird. I'm I mean, I'll be it, this is not as weird as Tenet, <laughs> but still, like, I'm sure they were really worried in the in the in the writers' room about whether or not this would be you know. A well-received finale. Yeah, I had fun with it. Um, I think the last major thing about that finale is that we get a, we meet the Hulk's son. So, yeah, I, so I guess there's nothing no, I about what they're gonna do with the Hulk. Like, I, it seemed like they were setting up like a, a World War Hulk movie, which like part of it already kind of played out in Thor. But I guess he's back. But they could go back and show a movie of whatever happened when he was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? But I. I keep thinking like this is mostly because they're assembling the Young Avengers because now they have like all the Young Avengers almost. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, overall fun season. I am on board for season two. Another good meta uh, joke, you know, when Kevin when Kevin AI said we'll see you at the big screen, and she's like, really? No. So yeah. And they even made fun of, like, that they know that the CGI is not as good as it would be if it was a movie. Yep. And, yeah. like, I don't know if this is funny or not, because there was a report, like, an internal report or something, like an investigative report, that they're overworking their CGI people. Um, but they said the CGI people have already moved on to something else. And, actually, I don't know if you noticed, but they played the uh, Wakanda, like, drumbeat in the background. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's very brief, but when when Kevin says, "Oh, they've moved on to something else," they play the the Wakanda drum. Gotcha. Great. No, that's yeah. That's, oh wait, yeah, yeah. I remember saying that. Oh god, so much. The the writing was just clever for that for that last uh, for that last piece. Um, but yeah, overall, I had a lot of fun. Any any final thoughts on She Hulk? No, I liked it. I'm excited. I hope they do another season of it. I think this is my only thing again. I would I would veer even harder into the legal stuff. I know maybe they're afraid the audience doesn't want that, but man, like I, I mean I like the funny jokey legal stuff, but I would love like a multi-episode arc about like some more serious legal activities or legal ramifications of superheroics. This one was largely kind of jokey stuff. Yeah. Um, but there was one episode. I mean, like and this is taken out of directly out of She-Hulk and like Matt Murdock. Or She-Hulk versus Daredevil, where I think She-Hulk was defending... Someone was suing Captain America for some kind of war crime from World War II. Uh, She-Hulk was the defending lawyer, and Matt was the prosecuting lawyer. And I think, like, Captain America told Matt, he's like, hey, like, you have to do the best job that you physically can. If I committed a crime, like, I deserve to be punished for it, according to, like, you know, the American legal system. And it was taken, I think, I don't remember, I, I read it so long ago, I don't really remember it, but 
I mean, Captain America ended up not being guilty and someone was trying to set him up. But I mean, like it was just it was a little more serious in tone because like Cap's life was on the line. It was kind of smearing his reputation. His, yeah, yeah. yeah, his reputation as a, as a World War II veteran and stuff. I would love to see stuff like that. Some more kind of serious repercussions of superheroics played out in the courtroom over over like even like two, three episodes. So, so let's see. Yeah. I mean, I hope to bring back Matt Murdock and everything back uh, for like season two, and like like you said, to add to that to the to the lawyer drama would be kind of cool to see. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so let's go on to our next topic, which is uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, just to have a little bit of a Halloween theme topic. Uh, I was thoroughly surprised by by this. Um. So and I loved the actors. I'm a huge fan of uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. I've seen him in a bunch of other little projects um, growing up. So I'm just excited. Did you watch any of his? Are you talking about the director or the the main actor? The main actor Gael is. Uh, the he was in some telenovelas, no? He was in telenovelas. He also played like Che Guevara in like one of his uh, like as a young Che Guevara uh, in a movie that long ago I forgot the name of it and I felt so bad. Um, he also did like Mozart uh, in the Jungle or something like that, and so he's he's just I really like him as an actor, so I, like I hope I get to see him in more in more projects like this. Um, but yeah, they they Marvel did a present uh, like you know present World by Night, which is uh, follows a a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using abilities, even uh, to give him a curse uh, brought by his bloodline. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what were your thoughts overall on this? Oh, I loved it. I mean, like, when I was a kid, I don't know how I... I, I would love to have Paramount, because I think this stuff's on Paramount, but I really love the old horror movies. Um, you know, The Fly, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, this is a little more sci-fi, but the original Planet of the Apes. Um, this is a little more comical, but I love the monsters, you know? Um, so I love that stuff. Uh, and I, I used to watch it when I was a kid because I think my mom liked it. So, I mean, I love the filming of it, like the direction, like the way that it's that it's filmed in black and white, the use of practical effects. I really love that people are really leaning back into practical effects for lots of stuff. I think it's, it, I don't know, it just really reminds you of something. It's a, it's a little nostalgic. It looks cool. So I just, I really love that they just kind of leaned into making this look like it was kind of filmed a long time ago. And it, it, thematically fit that tone plus like the story was really cool like they actually i think in a reasonable amount of time introduced you to all the main story points drop you in drop you out 50 minutes and you get this nice little cool like halloween kind of thing for 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 october yeah um again it, I, like, just a lot of little things that like like you said the practicalness i love the fact that this is all um in black and white and when they had the like uh somewhere over the rainbow kind of like hitting with some which is a wizard of oz kind of deal and the color switched to color like like in the wizard of oz too at the end exactly which that was incredible so i had a lot of fun with like the the callbacks to like the old school style of like films and everything like that because again like i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of like some of the classics or i mean or a fan of like callbacks to that kind of stuff to show appreciation of like 
our old, you know, like, I guess, like, history of, like, film and whatnot. Um, I mean, I need a, and I have had a long list of, like, classic movies that I need to watch. Um, but, yeah, no, The Castle's great. Uh, the, you know, the, I like the lead actress also, uh, Laura Dun- uh, Donnelly, who played Elsa Bloodstone. Also phenomenal. Yeah, I and I think... Go for it. Well, you go. You you go ahead. I'll, I'll follow up after. <laughs> uh, I I just want to say I just want to see her in more projects. I think she played. I think she was a pretty cool badass in this. Yeah. No. I assume. I. This is also the thing. I think she's being pulled in. I would assume to like, the Blade, Moon Knight, um, people. I would assume we're gonna see her again because I think I don't know. I think there's connections there between her and, and some of those characters. So it seems like they're doing this all. You know, kind of at a, at a similar time, setting it up for for some kind of crossover. I don't know what it'll be, but I mean, like, I think that would be cool. Plus, Man Thing was awesome. The fact that we got a live action version of Man Thing was hilarious. Oh God, he was. I so again, like, again, the writing was so. It was just fun because I loved the relationship between Jack and Man Thing. Uh, so it'd be it still be really cool to see. I mean, it would make sense, right? If there was a crossover with like Blade and and all that kind of deal, because it would just it would just fit in really well with that kind of um Did that this, kind of group. I mean, like this presumably, I assume this took place in the twenties, like literally in the twenties, and these people like they don't age or something. Um, did this take place in the UK? I kind of feel like it could have too. I I would assume so, because again I think they did talk about like you know the, because again they're more like on the mystical side right curses and everything and I think they even talked about like how Alice's character wasn't around for like I think a lot of years and so and she still looks you know like young, so yeah, I think that there is some kind of like um, I don't want to say curse but like they know how to I guess they have like long life extensions yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The only thing I would say that's like tough is that I think it's very difficult to create a, a werewolf that looks good. <laughs> I that's my it's, <laughs> it's a I challenge, you that. know what I mean? Like it's a it's a real challenge I think to create a cool looking werewolf. I yeah, I I'm just kind of like I don't know what to yeah. Uh, that's only one thing where like I understood from like it looking old school, why they kind of did that, but it also did look kind of cheesy with the, his werewolf look and all that. So I'm just like, okay, maybe they would have added more of like a like a, like a snout thing. I think it would have been better, but yeah, it did look kind of cheesy. It was bloody too, actually. Like this was probably one of the more bloody things they've ever made. Like That's not like true. super graphic, but like I don't know, someone puts a sword into someone's head, right? Someone wants a horn, yeah, exactly. They put like an axe or sword on someone's head, and I think there was some like uh, blood splatter too when like she like slices and dices people. Yeah, so, so. I, I like this, I like the format. I, I assume actually this is probably going to be the same format as that um holiday special they're going to do with the Guardians, which is cool. Maybe they can do some other like seasonal ones for other types of holidays or something. They do like one hour ones where like you know some cast of characters they're like oh we got this cool story to introduce them or like do like a little one shot for like someone who's already been in a movie and that's what we want to do like they should do like a like that'd be so cool if they somehow i don't know if you could do it if you could pull back captain america for like a fourth of july special or something yeah i'll be i'll be excited for sure um 
because I guess the next thing is after after uh, Black Panther is the Guardians Christmas special in December. Which being said, I'm not ready for the final for the final uh, movie for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I just am not emotionally ready. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. But I'm also really really excited for upcoming May. I don't know, I'm not super down on Chris Pratt right now. I was a little disappointed with that Mario voice. I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, that will be definitely a topic for... We'll have to come back to that topic because I have some thoughts that I understand. And, oh, man, I want to separate... I'll just say it, was dis- it was a little disappointing. It was disappointing. In comparison to Jack Black in particular, it was disappointing. Fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I just want to separate... Um, Chris Pratt from like Star Lord, you know. So, because I like, I don't know, I have a huge soft spot for the for the Guardians of the Galaxy, because um, they're one of my favorite teams. Uh, and that's again thanks to freaking James Gunn and his amazing writing. But um, but yeah, um, well yeah, highly recommend Werewolf by Night, a very fun Halloween ish. Um, little you know movie it's not even like a it's only like an hour long surprisingly too yeah so yeah good length so yeah so let's get on to our final topic and which is uh the last arc of uh andor oh man this is good this is good shit this is like probably some of the best <laughs> star wars i have a big question i don't want to lead with this question but i think after we kind of go over a little bit of it uh, we could we could go into it but this is probably like I'm trying to figure out if this is better than The Mandalorian. Um, it's really, really, really good. So we're talking about the, the, the second arc that's pretty much just like this major heist um, inside of a, you know, an empire compound. They want to get like the, the, the payroll of like a bunch of people from the empire. There's two episodes of preparation. And then the final episode, just like, you know, edge of your seat kind of nervousness for the actual you know, the actual break-in slash heist for them to get the stuff and, you know, kind of people people live, people die. Um, yeah. But it's so good, and I think it really benefits from the pace that they've set with the show, where I, I don't think it's slow, but it's, you know, it gives you time to think about stuff. It gives the characters time to, to talk to each other, um, form relationships with one another, so that, like, when exciting things happen, the audience reacts appropriately. So, here's my take, right? Because, like, I love both Mandalorian and this show. This is probably my other next favorite um, Star Wars project uh, from, like, you know, comparing it to Boba Fett and, I think, and from Obi-Wan. So, the cool thing about Mandalorian to me is that it feels like a space western, Right bounty western like you know all the kind of traveling and everything this gives me the other side of the star wars thing that i like which is partly the political drama but not shoving it down your throat right yeah making it like you know how empire is evil and like and like the the amazing heist that they pulled off in this last it's like the born supremacy but yes born movies but with star wars i was gonna say like mission impossible too you know yeah it's like it's exactly like those movies um so i have I, I again like 
I would say it was a kind of a slow burn, but it was a necessary slow burn. Uh, and it wasn't a bad, because some slow burns are good. But it's like, you know, so I think it was a, a well slow burn to, like, get familiar with the characters, get, you know, because, again, they did it. They did it was the first two episodes of the first arc, right? And then the next two arc, they kind of like, all right, what's going to be the next thing coming up? Let's test, you know, let's, let's test. Kassan to see if he can handle this next mission because I think he's going to be able to help you know the rebels and then we're just going to end the final episode of the arc with a freaking a banger you know uh, so I was thoroughly like impressed it's like I just enjoyed that last episode so much um, yeah it was such a good heist I mean the way that they break in and like how people are dying and stuff and you don't really know who's going to go, who's going to live, who's going to survive. They look all so nervous. Um, the kid who's talking about, like, all of his, like, ideologies and stuff, and he's, like, really nervous. Like, I thought that was interesting because he's – there's, like, this kind of, like, dichotomy between the kid who really stands for something. And he's really, really nervous to go through with this and or is less nervous to go through with this. He doesn't really stand ideologically against the Empire yet. Um, and the kid's talking to him. He's like, how are you, how are you, you know, how do you, how are you so not nervous about this? How are you keeping your calm and everything? And it's kind of an interesting thing because I feel like when they brought in Andor, there's this question of like, should you bring in mercenaries and just get the job done? Or do you need the ideological people to make sure that the rev- revolution is being steered in the right direction, even if they're at times less capable of, actually conducting the revolution you know what i mean like it's this kind of thing where like in other star wars shows where like sometimes they're selling like guns that they've stolen from the empire to like they're doing like arms dealing which is like oh that's fucked up you probably shouldn't sell weapons to people because you're just causing more crime but they need the money they see it as damaging the empire so they do it anyway but it's like well how much better than the empire are you really if you're just selling you know, weapons to people who are going to use them to hurt other people, innocent people that you're supposedly trying to save. So there's this interesting, like, ideological stuff going on with the kid and Andor throughout the throughout the the arc too. Definitely, and I, and again, I, I think like they kind of proved that you need a little bit of both, right? You need the people to keep you morally in check, but also like if you're going to pay someone to do the job thoroughly and well, you know, uh, then like that's what we want to do as well. And so I feel like I'm excited to see this character, you know, progress more and be challenged by those ideologies and then realize, yeah, no, fuck the empire kind of deal. And also being a professional at the same time, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it was I think great. The, the, the kid, yeah. Yeah, and the set pieces were really cool because you saw, like, the... I think it's cool how much they thought about it in advance because you can see that they used this, like, religious ceremony for uh cover which was super cool it just made sense like for the blackout and like the communications going wrong so like the empire is not questioning it plus they really show you how fucked up the empire is because they're just like super oppressing these people who are just trying to like observe their like you know a religious ceremony that's like important to them and the empire Mm -hmm. is like trying to distract them with like beer and shit and like alcohol just to prevent their like a crowd from gathering at that at that position. Yep. Yep. So I'm I'm excited. That that last like even if I was like part of that that tribe, like that was a beautiful shot with like all the meteors coming out. Um 
and it was well done. And like they, here's the thing too, they played the high stakes really well, which I really enjoyed. That's also hard to pull off. Um, Because sometimes you're like, oh, well, that was a little too convenient. But, like, no, like, shit went wrong and, you know, people got killed and, like, the was in the mission and then people got hurt. And they just leave them there when they die, too. It's just like some people just didn't die heroically. It's not like that one guy who who got shot with a blaster, he didn't die, like, blocking someone else in this, like, ridiculous heroic action. He was just standing in the wrong spot. They got killed. Everyone's like, okay, keep going. And they just kept going. And same thing with like the kid, the, the like the navigator kid who who ended right. up. Right, he crushed, dies after. Right? He just gets like yeah. a, a, a mound of credits just slam into him, and they try to take him to the hospital. And you're like, oh, okay, they'll give him some cool robotics, like in Boba Fett. He'll be one of those kids with a scooter or something, and then he just didn't make it. Yep. So, and it's it's hard to pull off too. Um, like I mentioned, was like the high stakes stuff, but the, but again, it was just well done, well orchestrated to like. It just, yeah, it just had me on the edge of my seat, like the whole last scene. So I'm excited to for more of this. Um, what did you think of the turn for that one guy with the brother? That was I, I totally didn't see that coming either. I, you know what? I was not surprised when that happened because I'm like, cool, like, yep, because people will, will say what they have to say to survive, and like, you know, it's like the sea versus the right? Like someone's gonna screw over somebody else. Uh, and it's funny because like the that dude uh, skin uh, what's it called I think it's Skeen, yeah he didn't even like him at first but he's like hey like you did a really you know I think he like appreciated how good of a job he did you know and he's like all right this guy's a professional so how about I make a deal with him all right but see that's where like the moral thing also is challenging too like he you know Kassan like he's like well Cassian didn't want to like do that and so he knew that he had to you know either one you know off him off which he ended up doing or like taking the deal so i think he i think we are seeing like a moral conscious like build or you know from his side kind of deal because he's not trying to be a bad person he's just literally just trying to like you know pay off his like get his credits and like just go kind of deal okay so here's my question so i'm wondering do you think this show, and you can go another direction with it. This show has very, very few. Uh, I guess I saw a meme about this. This show doesn't have any, like, I guess, any of the Star Wars cameos that did some of the last ones, right? Particularly right. Boba Fett, like, just like bursting from the seams with cameos to the point where they just filmed an entire episode of The Mandalorian instead. Yeah. And some people were joking, like, oh, if Dave Filoni uh, made this, there would have already been like 10 cameos and would have like ruined it. I love Dave Filoni. I, I, I mean, like, Boba Fett was what it was. It was entertaining. It's not the best. But the Mandalorian's still damn good, and it has cameos in it, so that's fine. Do yeah. you think Do you think the show would be ruined if there were some cameos in it? Do you think it, like, it doesn't matter that, you know, the writing's good if the cameos are there? It doesn't matter. Do you think the audience is now expecting this too frequently, and, and studios are kind of relying on it to boost, I guess, boost random viewerships because there's these interesting you know unexpected cameos to the point where it's like not so unexpected anymore it's hard to say because like i don't i don't want to care for cameos right so like and then i also kind of feel dumb too because i'm trying to remember like this is literally before like 
a couple of years or a year before like the uh, the Empire Strikes Back, right? Yeah. So do you think we're gonna see like who can we potentially who could we potentially run into, right? Besides like another like you know you like you could run into fit, anyone who is in the Clone Wars, technically. There's like people from that TV show you could write in. Right. Um, theoretically. But I so guess like some. my question is like we we gonna meet like a uh Han Solo, right? No, I, I you could write Ahsoka into this to be perfectly honest. She had a pretty big role in Rebels. Um, she presumably could have been helping the Rebels at this time. You could write in any of the characters from Rebels before they actually, because I think this happens before Rebels or like around the same time, maybe. Maybe not yet. Rebels might really haven't formed. Um, but there was like a Jedi named Kanan. So like if Kanan just showed up and he happened to be on the crew, would that have distracted the audience? Because there's this random cameo from this TV show that like only a subset of people know about. Does it not matter because it would have been written still really well? And who cares if it was Kanan? Like, kind of thing. I think it just doesn't matter. I think they shouldn't rely on it for viewership. I've got to be honest, I still get, like, a lot out of them. Like, I was really surprised when they had um, um, Cad Bane cameo in, in Boba Fett. And I thought that was kick-ass. But, but it is funny because this one is very different, I think. Um and they're really not relying on that at all. I don't think they need to. I think, like, this is Cassian's story, right? So I think as long as they stick with mainly him and who he might run into. But, like, I like again, like, I'm one who has not seen Rebels. So without having that kind of context and, like, I'm like, I can, you know, I, don't, I it's neither here nor there. I won't need it, right? Like, that's, why, that's why I said, like, well... What cameo would I might run into? Maybe like a young Han Solo, right? Or um, Amelia Clark's character, right? The uh, her um, oh, yeah. what's it called? Her like that'd be kind of cool to see. Or the one the one that would blow my freaking mind would be uh, Darth Maul. I still uh, want Maul in something. One. Like he's running a crime syndicate during this time. Like actually, right. it makes sense for him to be in this somehow. Like I don't know they. They're like, fuck, we got to do some business, shady business dealings with this crime syndicate. Like, we need something. Like, we're going to go in and we're going to go out. Um, yep. And we're going to get the shit we need from them. But, like, we don't want to fuck with these guys. But we also, like, know that we need what they have. And, like, if yep. Maul happened to be there and, like, he was the one who was, you know, running the syndicate, that would be kick-ass. But, I don't know, maybe people would also think, like, oh, it's distracting. And, like, the only reason people are watching this now is because Darth Maul's in it. Like, I think it would still probably be well, good. Yeah. I don't think it would matter. What we are, we are halfway through the season, right? There are twelve episodes, so like, and we have only one more season after this, where like we're gonna see where they get the the plans, right? To figure out where the the plans of like how to get the destroy the the, you know the the Death Star. So I mean, they have plenty of room and plenty of time to kind of do something cool with that, and I would totally be down if it makes sense and it's, it's good writing. I'm 100% for it. Like, give me Darth Maul. Give me, I for kind of Amelia Clark's character. But if she can be a part of the project, too, and, like, maybe just have her be in it as part of the shady deal and all that kind of deal, then yes. Like, I'm... I am I hoping like for K2SO only... in the second season. K2SO would be dope. So, he's in, like, again, I think I would expect to people from, uh, from Rebel, like, from, uh, what's it called? From the movie, uh... Rogue One. So if I would expect to see people from Rogue One, which I'd be excited, and that would make sense, right? And how why they all like get together. 
but as for like distracting, I feel like the only people that were distracting people was like if they forced in a young Han Solo, you know. So, or That'd even like uh, what? Yeah, or like Lando, right? If if uh, uh Danny, if Donald Donald Glover comes they into the crisis, they, they could bring Invader technically. Like, I mean, they can. I mean, those are the ones who I feel like would be distracting. But do I find it to be necessary? No, I don't think it'd be necessary. Or Grand Admiral Tarkin. That would be kind of, I mean, like, they could do that again. Uh, that would be distracting, too. I think, too. If they had A Tarkin. little bit. Um, but the Mandalorian, this is this is like way before then, right? Or the word the Mandalorian. Like, imagine the Mandalorian just having the, no, the whole episode. Yeah, this, I mean, like, I don't, Mando must be really young. This has got to be like, yeah, at least 15 years before Mandalorian? I would say, yeah, I would say so. Because this is after, um, this is while, this is like, yeah, because the Mandalorian takes place like after uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, not Empire Strikes Back, I mean, uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, I, I'm i just happy that like I'm enjoying the storytelling, the writing. Uh, and where it's going to lead I, to. I really so, love like, the structure too. I hope they continue the three. I like the three episode arc kind of thing. I think it really works. Me too. Because yeah. you could just skip all three too if you wanted to. If you're like, I'm just going to skip all three and watch them as a movie, it'd be like that. The, the first three episodes is like, I'm glad they released those all at once because that was helpful. And if you watch mm-hmm. the second three episodes all at once, like that would be just like a, you could have, that's a kick ass, yeah, it's a kick ass Star Wars movie. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. But yeah, no, I'm excited to see what else they bring aboard. Um, any any final thoughts on on these in this in this second arc that we've seen? No, I think it's I think anyone I think it's funny that you know there was some notion that this one was get, like some surprise maybe by audiences that this is the best one. I'm not surprised this is the best one, not because of the characters in it, but because of the premise. Like the premise of this is, yeah. was, I I thought was bound to be amazing, just because. It's 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 Star Wars at its best. I know people perceive Star Wars as a as a, as a Western, but I mean, like like I told you, like my favorite episodes of Clone Wars and my favorite scenes from a lot of the Star Wars movies are when they're like breaking into an Empire ship. So yeah, and even the best, even the one of the my top favorite Mandalorian episodes was when there was a like uh, a heist with the Mandalorian and was a Bill Burr like that one. That oh, was man, a that's really a great cool one too. You're right. That's like yeah, probably my favorite too. Also because yeah. like I was so surprised of how serious Bill Burr was. Cause you see, I was like, Bill Burr's gonna be in this fucking TV show. Like this is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. He came like screaming and yelling about stuff like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But like, great. I've never seen anyone generate such sympathy for a freaking stormtrooper. It's like, oh my god, like. Yeah. So again, like that. That I mean, like those are the peak. The the you know like what star wars i think is to me not just about the jedis but like also like the heist and like you know all that cool little stuff in between um that makes star wars great so so yeah yeah good stuff so i'm excited yeah i think we're both excited to to see the next six so we'll see um i'll I'll ask you andrew off offline if you uh want to kind of wait for the arc to finish, uh, and then we'll discuss the next arc, um, or we do the, the next like two episodes, uh, and see idea. what it could make sense. That, that might make more sense. Yeah, 
So yeah, we'll, we'll decide that. But uh, for next time, I'm excited because we're going to discuss Black Adam, and I really want to see how angry Andrew's going to get. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be angry. So. I, my guess is like I think I'm going to leave that movie mean like that was fine. Like I I have a feeling I'm going to think it was better than Aquaman, but not as good as Wonder Woman. Fair. And I really That's do fair... love the Justice Society, so they're really playing to my to me, right? Like Doctor Fate is in this movie. Like unless they botch Doctor Fate. Like Adam Man is in, or no Adam Smasher is in it. Like I think Sandman is even in it. Not not the Sandman. There's another superhero from the Justice Society named Sandman. So like there's a bunch of cool characters I've never seen in live action that I think will kick ass. Oh Hawkman is in it. Like that's awesome. Hawkman's kick ass. So I have a feeling like I'll think it's and and if you're better than Aquaman, that's not a bad position to be in. To be honest. Sure. And then Aquaman was fine for you know for what it, for what it was for sure. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. If you're like near Shazam, that's what I think I'll like it. I think I'll like it similar no, yeah. not to Shazam. And Shazam was fun. I had a blast with with Shazam. It was fun, and I think that's because of uh, Zachary Le- Levi who played Shazam. I think he just had a lot of fun with uh, the character. So I do want to see like another. Uh, Shazam. I think they kind of I think they finished filming Shazam too. Um, I have to but, move this around so much because they fuck themselves because like they God. have these story points that they have to get out in a no certain consistency. order. Yep. Well, it's they, it's all dependent upon this fucking Flash movie, like rebooting everything. So like they had to move stuff. So like the Shazam sequel got moved to March, um, right. and then Flash is in June, and then they moved Aquaman. I think seriously, like this Flash movie was supposed to already come out by now, probably. They moved Aquaman to next December, and I think that's because I, they couldn't get Ben Affleck. Was my guess because they they replaced Keaton and Affleck in some way because Batman was going to be in it, but then because they moved the Flash, like it wouldn't have made sense to have Keaton in it because they needed the Flash to introduce Keaton, and then yep. Keaton was also in the Batwoman movie or no, the Batgirl movie, but they canned it. So like, oh, I, this is one of the negative sides of the continuity thing is like if you don't have someone really monitoring all this shit really well like when you move something like and this is four fucking movies right yeah. can you imagine like can you imagine like the fucking mayhem that lives inside of kevin feige's head when when he gets like an email from like people from the blade set saying they're having difficulties and his head wants to explode because he's like no, no no we can't move this like right and but the thing is like also i mean and you can look at the grand scheme of thing like like you know it's, it's like a, it's consistent problem solving and i feel like someone like kevin flaggy is a master of problem solving for like the big picture stuff and like being like all right is this where's this coming from is it the writing or is it the director and is there not being you know because maybe the writing has everything that it's needed but it's just not something that's grabbing right because like yeah you could add all the products that you need right like x y and z but like but if you have no value to it or this is kind of just bland like yeah it's not going to do well so you have to like look at everything and think okay where is it really coming from you know who who what do we know like maybe there's issues for with the director and like him wanting his vision and like marjali have been the one to carry this movie because i think he is possibly a producer but like you know he's the face of the movie so he's like well i want this to be good and I, you know, he's the one who, like, legit went to Kevin Feige and saying, hey, can I be your MCU blade? You know? So, yeah. So we'll see. So, like, he, you know, and I think it's, like, you know, to respect, you know, Mahershala Ali as someone who wants to be the face for that character. 
Um, yeah, see, and they can't even like get four movies organized. And Kevin's got like. Also, I just want to throw back one of the funniest lines of that She Hulk was that guy who said, "I will die for Kevin." <laughs> I just love the callbacks and like the references about how like people are constantly talking about in interviews that they're scared of like Marvel NDAs and like they're scared of like you know like uh, all the like high level security going on in the MCU and stuff and like yeah. accidentally spoiling shit. Like it's. It's super funny that they were willing to lean into that, and they had that guy say he'll die for Kevin. I I love it. Yeah, it's such a that last episode was just was just a lot of fun. Um, and I hope we do see like She Hulk come back in like uh you know Secret Wars or something like that before season two. I, I think she's gonna be in the Avengers. I I bet she will be a Avenger. Okay, cool. Cause yeah, I do like this actress, and I do like what they've done with her. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts? Anything else that we need that we might have missed? Nope. Come back next week for Black Adam, and then uh, <laughs> Black Panther is just around the corner after that, pretty much. Yeah, we got some we got some good stuff. I like. I'm enjoying uh, the holiday seasons coming up, and we have a lot of stuff lined up, which I'm excited about. Uh, but for now, that is I want to talk movies. My name is Andy, and I'm Andrew. See you guys next time.